at last. So I think between this morning and already recording one and not recording the audio, we've lost two hours. I think so, yeah. Time will never get back. Time will never get back. These are, it's the case of, it's always the case of these things, man. It's the fucking, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's and, to work. But, <laughs> and do you know what? That first one that we recorded, probably the best podcast ever that no one will ever hear. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much like vital information, so much stuff that will probably never be repeated. Lost forever. It was just pure lost, genius. The lost, pure the genius. lost tapes. Yeah, the lost tapes. Um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you what we talked about during that hour, if I'm being honest. Like, I have absolutely yeah. no idea. It was an hour of no rambling, well. pretty much. Just an hour of random crap. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, I think, yeah, let's try and introduce ourselves. Let's yeah, sure. Sort of say where we are at the moment and why we're doing this, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, crack start. on then, Dave. I'm back, back on there. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, basically, I think the idea really behind us doing this podcast is that we're both on this kind of ever going fitness journey and um we i guess we both just want to learn along the way and continue to learn along the way and share that info with other people um for me i've been involved in fitness for a long time 20 plus years uh decent itch level and at a consistent level and um i think that the way i tra- trained uh, 20 years ago compared to the way that i train today is very very different I think that the way that I'll probably be training in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time will probably be very different to the way that I'm training now. So it's really about just exploring that evolution of training and what's going on outside, what's going on around us, just seeing what I can use and that kind of thing. And yeah, just increasing my knowledge and sharing that knowledge as we go along. Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Um, so, I would say what sort of sports have you been involved in over that time? I mean, I yeah, know, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, so I think, um, so my sporting career started off when I was probably about 15 or 16 and I was playing rugby. So when I was that age, I was a huge lump. So you obviously know me in real life, but back then I yeah. weighed probably about 15 stone and I was a prop for, uh, I was a prop for um, my local and county rugby team. So I was playing at a fairly decent level at that time. And then um, what I won't do is deep dive too much into my sort of history, because I'm sure we'll pick up that on other sessions. Yeah, yeah, sure. But um, from there, um, in the background, I'd always been doing martial arts. And I kind of made this decision that that was the route for me. So basically what I did was kind of dumped rugby on the head. Really at that time when when you kind of leave school, because that was kind of when county and all that starts to end. And I realized that if I was going to go into adult rugby, that everyone was massive. Yeah, and it probably wasn't for me. So, um, yeah, I moved into training martial arts um, closer to full-time at that point. I was, I was training Muay Thai. Um, I had quite a few fights by that point. And I guess just being around that gym environment led me to moving in towards grappling, MMA, that kind of thing. Um, and then to kind of cut a long story short there, I progressed into training MMA full-time, competing at MMA at a fairly decent level. Certainly at the UK and European level was kind of consistently getting ranked in the sort of top 10 lightweight or featherweight. At one point, got down to like top three UK featherweight. Um, so doing okay for myself. Um, skip forward kind of as that career started to end as I got a little bit older and got fed up with getting punched in the face so much 
Um, I kind of transitioned into running, which was a painful transition, if I'm honest, because for ages, I didn't want to admit that I enjoyed running and, uh, and I, uh, and I was actually any good at it. It was always just something I did in the background to stay fit. Just got to get your cardio in, so you'd get your miles in in the morning. And, uh, yeah, I get. I guess that led me to kind of transition into ultra running, sorry, trail running into ultra running, and then probably over the last three or four years, more into obstacle course racing. So Spartan races, and within that, I've kind of taken like some some of the kind of age group uh, age group uh, victories, taking quite a few podiums, um, that kind of thing. Um, currently training for London Marathon. Um, which would be my first kind of attempt really at a marathon PR. So I've done that distant plenty of time within ultra, but uh, yeah, I'm actually now specifically just trying to drill down and train for that uh, marathon PR. But I've already distracted myself from it by signing up for the entire Spartan race uh, national series this year. I don't yeah, really yeah, think yeah. you pass that race. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like where I'm going to kind of be. Well, the London marathon is just going to be a case of gun under and get a PR. Whereas the Spartan races, it's like I've actually got a chance of like standing on the podiums and taking out some extra awards and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's kind of where I am at the moment throughout that whole process, just got myself down from 15 stone at the age of 15, 16 down to like what I am now, which is I'm probably at the moment about 72 kilos, um, strong. So I continue even with all the running, continue to whack out like at least three strength sessions a week. Those at the moment are pretty dull, if I'm honest. It's literally just simple, simple lifting. Yeah, um, squat, mm-hmm. deadlift, and variations of those and overhead press work. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I don't want to get injured going into a race, and obviously I just want to be yeah. strong. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at the moment. Um, oh yeah, just to add to that, throughout that journey as well, I've kind of dabbled a little bit in the kind of hybrid racing as well. So I've kind of put some high rocks in and that kind of thing so just kind of playing with those a little bit which again did really well on those had a top 20 finish but i think the disadvantage is the fact that i'm only walking around about on any day between 70 or 74 kilos whereas most of the guys there are like 85 90 yeah. kilos which played even though i'm a better runner than them it plays to a massive advantage when it comes to the strength stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it might be so yeah nice yourself cool um, well, I guess my fitness journey thus far is a lot shorter. Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't start, I guess, I mean, I did a lot of sports as a child, but then I discovered Call of Duty and then spent several years playing that. Um, it wasn't a distraction in there when I discovered girls. So. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it was Call of Duty. That was my, that was my girls. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't until I was like, I guess 20, 21 years old that I actually started going to the gym and stuff. And it just started as like one of those things where like you're insecure about the way you look and you just want to look yeah. a little better. Um, so I sort of spent the next, let's say, three or four years kind of doing it on and off, not taking, not always being super consistent with it. Um, but then I started to get more and more into it a little bit more. And then I started thinking like I'd see, I'd be in the gym and I'd see like uh, other personal trainers and stuff doing that job. I was like, that's kind of, I think that's kind of a job I'd like to do. Um, so I spent the next, it took me a while. I could, there was times where I had doubts whether I wanted to do it or not. It was a long story, but so I spent the next like two or three years gaining all the qualifications I needed and started really, really just the more, more involved with that I got, the more, um, I started falling in love with it and just learning and learning and learning as much as I could. Um, so 
yeah, so I finally got all my qualifications together and I've obviously just recently been hired properly as a personal trainer, just starting on my journey now. So I'm kind of in a position now where I've spent a lot of time learning, but I haven't necessarily applied a lot of that yet. So I'm in a position now where I'm just trying to gain as much practical experience as I can. Um, in terms of where my own fitness journey has fitted into that, I've spent a lot of years flip-flopping around between different stuff because I enjoy so many different things. I've spent so many years jumping around different disciplines that I've never gotten really very good at anything. Yep. Um, it isn't until kind of the past six months where I've decided that like climbing is what I love the most. So I've now thrown all my energy into that and I'm absolutely, the more I do, the more I do that, the better I can edit it. And the more I love it, um, it's what I spend half my time thinking about these days. Um, right. all my training like is geared towards that, even stuff that's, I always make sure I cover other grounds, but it's always geared towards getting better at climbing really. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now I'm, yeah, I've just got, just started as a personal trainer, um, trying to get as much space as I can. And yeah, climbing is the discipline that I follow myself, but I love, as you say, you're the same. I love all kinds of disciplines. There's not, there's not an area of fitness that doesn't interest me. That's exactly um, the same for me. So yeah. I think that for me, fitness is, it's just, a, it's a general, it's a general thing. I want to be fit for life. Yeah. I get a jab every day and walk around, run around see my mates, best around my kids, whatever it might be. I want to be fit enough to do all of those things. Um, and I think that's why kind of, I'm probably the same as you. I've gone from rugby to Muay Thai to MMA to running. Um, the reason I kind of got into running, um, although like I said, it, it took me a while to admit I was okay at it, is because I had, I'm a competitive person, so I had to find something that I could actually compete in as well. So whilst I want this yeah. thing, to do something day to day to be fit and healthy day to day to get through life easily there's also i have that just ingrained in me that i want to compete and i want to i don't even know if i want to compete with other people i just want to compete with myself yeah, yeah. getting older and things like that and i want to still sort of prove to myself that i can do these things and that's kind of where the running kind of came into it it's like i know that i'm never going to go to a powerlifting meet for example and sort of beat people but i kind of look for something that i could do now running was great trail running especially and i got to a, a good level at that um but i it, there was always something missing and that's where the kind of obstacle course racing came in where it's like well i can actually apply some fitness to this as well and some strength to it so you've got the running element then you've got the strength elements and then you've got just moving your body and all of that kind of thing and it yeah. kind of tied in with my yeah. training a lot better yeah that's um, the yeah is with with me and climbing it's just a case of like it was the one thing like i was already the one sport i've ever done i've always been like quite naturally okay at yeah so yeah. i was already i was in a quite good position when i started and i think it's just it's just i think it's this it's it's satisfying i think and it's the fact that it's for it's full body um the, the strength it requires i just find is so interesting um it's just and it's just it never gets boring to me because there's always a different border problem there's always a different route that requires something you've never more, more or less maybe never done before like every you route think, that you do is unique so it just never gets boring so do you think that we kind of said it's like satisfying do you think that's because you can see progression and then yeah, obviously yeah, as yeah, you yeah. progress like you say you can try these different things and also the individual problem itself, like you start at the bottom and you've got to get to the top, right? Like that's like, yeah, yeah. It, and there's yeah. a, there's a problem solving aspect to that. Like it's not always yeah. like you don't always turn up and do it first time. So a route could take you 20 tries, 
because you have to spend that time like figuring out exactly where you have to position your body, your hands, your feet to be able to get to the top. That's what I fucking love about it. It's like it's the problem solving aspect. It's not just it's not all physical. There is a thought process to a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think that's something I really love about the obstacle course racing is it's like um, when I first started trail running, I could go out and do a trail run and I would I'd, I'd still come in good places, generally within the top 10 of the races I was entering. But I could actually just stick my my um, AirPods on and just run it and forget about it. Yeah. In the yeah. obstacle course racing, you know that within every K that you run, you're going to be having to hit an obstacle. You're going to have to get through that obstacle as quickly as possible. Some of them pretty basic. Some of them actually do consider some kind of thought process. And I think that's the big thing about it is you stay mentally engaged. And yeah, I think that's a massive part of... Um, the kind of fitness thing that most people sort of miss out on is that you actually need to remain sort of physically and mentally engaged with what you're doing, which obviously what you're getting from your climbing. Yeah, there. right, right, right. Yeah, no, 100%. It's just fun on it. And at the end of the day, it has to That's be fun. Like if, if it's not fun, like what's the fucking point? Like if you're not yeah. really enjoying it, like you're not going to I get this all the time. So a lot of my friends just cannot get their head around obstacle course racing. And they're just like, dude, all you're doing is doing like playgrounds, yeah it's yeah, yeah that's sick running that's it's like, sick it's like, so much fun that's so much yeah. fun yeah, yeah it's yeah. like i could go out i could do a race potentially make a little bit of money and i've been dicking around on the monkey bars and it's like yeah. I mean, i'm more than happy yeah that. yeah that yeah, makes yeah. me smile on a sunday morning it's yeah like, i to be fair that's the kind of race that i would definitely be tempted by as one of those kind of things yeah. I mean, even if just as like, just for fun, like I'd love to go with a bunch of people. And even if it was just like a 5k to, with some obstacles would be a head, like those ones, those inflatable ones look so fun. So good. So just a, just a laugh. In um, August, there's Spartan race literally um, about three miles away from where we live. Oh, so I'm obviously doing the early morning um uh, elite race like 8 or 8.30 start or something like that but in the afternoon there's the open let's let's do it like, yeah, hey, let's just go and have a laugh yeah yeah hopefully I know I've got some plans in August but if it works out that I'm not a wager in that time that would be sick that would be, be a good yeah time. that would be hilarious <laughs> like say Listen, I, I don't, my bad. aerobic fitness is not what it was but it's no, still I mean, if it's like if it's a short to, yeah if it's like a Sure thing, it'd be fine. I've yeah, I mean, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. In the morning, I've got the 21k, like say, elite race. But then in the afternoon, yeah, yeah. we'll just do the open 5k and we'll just piss around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just piss around. It'll probably take longer to do the 5k than I will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that joke. Yeah, yeah. Because again, for me, it's just good fun, good practice. I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. Mate. It's a social um, thing more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> so. I guess you kind of mentioned then, like um, your aerobic fitness isn't where it's been. Yeah, we know it has been better. So, what have you done in the past then? That's um, I guess. Well, I mean, I just used to do a lot of running for like a while. Like running was a big part of what I did for a while. Um, I'm not sure. To be honest, I'm not sure why I started. At the time when I started it, I wanted to do something that I hated. At the time. I was like, I need to do, I want to do something that I really don't like to do. And like yeah. over that time, I developed a bit of like a love-hate relationship with it. Like yeah. I, I loved it for some days and I hated it other days. Um, obviously, it's the same with most training, to be honest. But like, and I, I was training, I did a marathon and I got that done. And then I was, I did a 4 by 4 by 48 I got that done. And now I've kind of feel like 
I'm done with like running challenges. So like since then I haven't yeah. really, so I'm still training like six days a week, but like, I just don't, when we work and stuff being mad busy, I don't really have the time to do that long aerobic stuff anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So like my, my cardio these days has gone down to like doing intervals and stuff like twice a week. Like my cardio just isn't what it was just because I just don't have the time or the schedule like to do it anymore. Or well, as much I guess care either. It's um, yeah, that's the other thing is like if you don't care and you're at yeah. the right level for the sport that you're currently enjoying, i.e. the climbing. Yeah, right, right. It, that's the thing it, with it climbing. Like I only need to be like if I'm doing bouldering, I only need to be really on for about a, a, a maximum a minute and a half, two minutes yep. maybe. Like, that's a long boulder. So like if I can be really good for like a minute, which is more anaerobic anyway. Yeah, that's absolutely. all the fitness I want to go into anyway. Like, I don't need like. I mean, with the aerobic stuff, generally, like, I haven't done bouldering is generally what I've done more of. But obviously, I might have to push that a little bit when I start to do a bit more sport climbs that'll be a bit longer. Like, if I want to do routes down the line that are like, you know, could take you 10, 20 minutes to do the whole route. Yes. So to that degree, I might need to push that a little bit more. But for right now, like, it's fine. Like, I don't need that. Right. I don't need aerobic. Yeah, I don't. It's. I think it's always. It's weird though because I would advocate. For a lot of reasons for different sports to have a little bit of an aerobic base um but right now i just can't fit it in and i yeah as i say i've done a lot of it in the past year and a half and i'm just a bit bored of it yeah i think that's the big thing as well it's like I, i've said this to so many people over the years is that there's something out there for everyone that gets your heart rate up and gets your body moving yeah, yeah, so yeah. For yeah. me at the moment, especially with the math counter, I'm going through a big running block. I'm I'm whacking out a lot of k's every week. Um, yeah. I can't wait till the marathon's over because I don't necessarily want to be running all those k's every week. Yeah, but yeah. I can stay engaged with it because I've got that coming up. Now I appreciate that for you, for example, that could be your ideal of hell. So then don't do it. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why do it? Why not find the thing that you enjoy that makes you happy? That gets you moving and obviously like you said it, it's yeah no you're right in this case um yeah. as somebody else they might look at a boulder and wall and just go I, that, that that looks like hell to me i want to go swimming yeah yeah and you yeah, go swimming right. like go yeah, swimming then, then yeah yeah it's like you don't have to do what other people are doing you don't have to i don't know watch the boston marathon that's coming up look at kachovi and go right i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna run a marathon if you hate running you might enjoy watching it but you might hate running it and just go find the thing that you enjoy. You enjoy you doing enjoy yeah. that sport as a spectator. There's a sport for everyone. I really believe that. Yeah. And I think it's There's... important. Although I do think it is important to like, um, because I've spoken to people in the gym, like customers and stuff, and they they come in and they'd be like, um, they've we do a check on the scales and see where their muscle mass yep. is at. And like I've had it with people where they've like lost maybe a little bit of muscle mass, and be like, they'll be like, oh, that's stranger because I I do so much. I do like all this time on the treadmill and all this time swimming and stuff. Yeah, it's like, but that's a different thing. Like different, yeah. muscle mass requires strength stuff and actual weightlifting. It could yeah. be a case of stuff that climbing would, would retain some of your muscle because you're using strength. Because you're using, so you, absolutely. You need, you do need both. So if you just do, if you say if you just did swimming, you're not necessarily going to have the benefits that you'd have no. um on the other side you kind of do might you might i think somewhere in your training at least at some point it's not going to be initially especially if you're just getting started you do need to balance things out and you might have yeah, to do something that you don't want to do yeah um, i agree with that's that, the right? it is annoying but like at the end of the day for the sake of health and longevity and like whatever 
And you I, might learn to enjoy I, it. How many things have you done in the past that you used to hate and now you enjoy? Like it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It, it's that thing, isn't it? That I think if you eat the same piece of food that you hate, is it like 20 or 22 times or something? something like that. You yeah, yeah. develop a taste for it. Um, but I definitely getting back to that point is I, I get this all the time. So I rigidly do a minimum of three good strength sessions a week. and I lift good in those and I know exactly what I'm going to do at any one time. Now, if I'm not training for something specific, I'm going to be a little bit more relaxed on that. Not relaxed as in I'll be missing them, but a little bit more relaxed in what I'm Amazing. doing in those sessions. Yeah. Take a few more risks, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. However, I get this all the time. People are kind of like, oh, dude, like you're, you're training for a half marathon, you're training for a marathon, you're training for an ultra. Like, why are you still doing strength? And it's like, it's so essential. I need a strong yeah. body. It's like, I can't go and yeah. run 42K on a weak body. The other thing is, I do have trouble retaining weight. So if I just went out around 100, let's say 150, 160K a week and did no strength and didn't consume those extra calories, for example, then I'm going to be down to like 60, 61 kilos in no time. And then that has its own negative impact on my body and my, my mental state as well, if I'm honest and so on. And it's like, you really do have to find that balance. And I've got myself into a good place where I've educated myself enough that I understand the minimum amount of strength training I need to do to retain weight and the minimum number of sort of kilometers I need to run each week to get to my goal for that week without yeah. sort of making it detrimental to my recovery as well. Yeah, it comes with experience, really, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that absolutely comes with experience. I know people that are training for marathons at the moment, and they're probably putting in like double the kilometers a week that I am. Now, bearing in mind, I'm up to sort of like the best part of 100K a week at the moment, which is a lot of kilometers. Yeah, yeah. But between sessions, those guys are blasted. Like they they don't want to do anything else. Um, and again, I've, I've got this massive kind of thing that like, I don't think you're moving into overtraining, but I think what you do is you move to this point where each session has a detrimental effect on the next one. And that's where you don't want to be. And again, like you say, yeah, it comes with education, it comes with understanding. And that goes right back to what you said just now, where right at the beginning, just understand how it all works. People do need to just not blindly go swimming or not blindly go running, expect to, expecting to look like the Hulk the next week yeah, um, yeah, and that kind of thing. And it's the same thing. And I'm sure you probably hear it a lot um, being a PT is kind of things like, um, People, you know, especially I guess um, females, kind of worrying that it's like, oh, am I going to get bulky if I lift weights, or is this going to? Oh that? God, that yeah, that infuriates uh, me. I've yeah, yeah. It's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. No, I've lifted weights pretty much consistently for probably fifteen years plus, um, and like, I guess for my weight, I'm muscular. I'm certainly strong for my weight. But I am not some huge jacked beast. Yeah, you hear that yeah. all the time. People, yeah, actually, and... it's a, more of a thing with women. It's like when they, when you tell yeah. them you, it's important to lift weights, it's like, yeah, but I don't want to bulk up. It's just like, do you know how fucking hard it is to build muscle? Yeah. Really fucking hard. These bodybuilders you see, I've been doing it for like 15 years, a day in, day out to get to that shape with the assistance of with certain extra... products a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's not easy. But it's very, very important. But it's more even. I'm not even necessarily trying to make you look. I'm not trying to make you look more muscly. I'm trying to build up strength in your joints and like all this, all this kind of stuff. That's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Nice. It, it, a lot of it is about bulletproofing and in making yourself. Yeah, bulletproofing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think 
I think this is probably definitely something that we could dive into a lot deeper because we know that this conversation is just going to be talking to see what comes out. Pretty much. Uh, I yeah, think yeah. as we start to do um, any uh, our future ones, we're going to like just pick a topic and we're going to dive into that properly. And I think there is an absolute thing there that we can kind of look at, which is just that whole kind of miseducation of things, that misunderstanding of things. Um, yeah, and I, I, think I think that's a really big thing. I think the problem, I think where a lot of this, that kind of ideology comes from is the marketing of how people market other products in terms of 100%. saying that like, it's the way people market things are in like six and eight week blocks. No one marks like, no one can market something like, oh, get jacked in three years. Do you know what I mean? No one's going to yeah. market stuff like that. No, no one will buy it. That. But that's the reality. Is so like, there is I no six-week ad, pro- ad program that fucking, it's, yeah. it's nuts. If I so they think the everything's quick. Yeah. yeah, and then I decided I was going to be a bodybuilder tomorrow and I'm going to consume all the extra calories. I'm going to dump all the cardio. I don't think that by the end of April, I'm ready to step no. on a stage. No, like, it just does not yeah. work like that. And it takes yeah, so yeah. long. And I think that consistency is a really big thing. And I think there's this huge mistake that everyone makes is there's this kind of picture of fitness having a six pack being x size etc etc and i think again that's another thing that we should absolutely look in i think it goes into the same thing it's the whole marketing of things now some of the fittest guys i know don't look fit yeah yeah, However, yeah, yeah. if you go and look on instagram for etc the people that people are going to be tagging as looking fit and healthy are going to be like three percent body fat you see every single ab you can just see every little vein it's like there's a good chance that those guys are so far from fit it's unbelievable ask them yeah. to run a k they probably won't be able to and i think there's that huge misconception about what fit is and what fitness looks like and again yeah. I think it goes back to that miseducation that people don't understand what being fit is they don't understand that lifting a weight doesn't suddenly turn you into arnold for example yeah yeah yeah, I think just going backtrack, there was one thing I wanted to bring up on the previous point we were talking about in terms of like people yeah, yeah. balancing out aerobic stuff and strength stuff. There was this really, really fascinating study done, right? There's these two sets of twins, right? One of the twins has been doing, I think they're both they're both in like their 50s or 60s. Yep. One of the twins has been doing like aerobic fitness like their whole life. Um, so like ultras, triathlons, all this kind of shit. Yep but zero strength stuff, like zero. Like all he did was cardio related stuff, really intense cardio. I think it, it turned out like his fiber type proportion was like 95% type one, which yep. is nuts. Um, and then he had a twin who basically did like nothing at all. So like no fitness whatsoever. And when they tested like the strength, the twin who did nothing actually was stronger than the twin who did the cardio stuff. Because of like more, I think it had more to do with like the fiber type distribution, but that's yeah, yeah, so fascinating that even though like the twin who did nothing still had stronger legs for certain it, exercises yeah. so it's just so weird that but i think it's more the point of pointing out the person who did more the more the fitness stuff how important balancing out the strength that actually is 100 you need both you can still have something that's dominant you just need complementary stuff that just balance things out a little bit really really do and another point just to add to that there's been quite a few of these kind of twin studies yeah, um, so, I, so busted, I, yeah, I might have read that one. I've definitely seen others as well. And one of the key points that I've seen, and a good, and I thought this might have been the route you were going down, but it it, it wasn't, is that there I've seen a study where you had two guys that were twins. They they um, basically got them on two totally different types of training routines, and no, throughout no, that no. entire period, they were looking at body comp, they were looking at uh, 
obviously muscle mass, increased strength, et cetera, et cetera, all the, the basic yeah. sort of statistics you'd like to collect. And obviously along the way, they were photographing them as well. And at the end of like this 12 week study, physically, there's no visual change in either person. However, obviously one of them's got a better aerobic capacity and the other one's obviously yeah. got a stronger capacity because obviously they're, they're going off on down different routes. But it, again, it goes back to that whole point of you kind of can't beat your genetics in some cases. These guys were predisposed to look a certain way. And after one of them being on a cardio-only 12-week program and yeah, one of them being on a strength-only 12-week program, there was visually no difference between them. They'd yeah. obviously made individual gains in both those areas. However, once they went back to their normal training and they were on a more balanced program, because, I mean, these guys came from an athletic background anyway, okay, it took a yeah. very short period of time before they were both completely balanced with each other. And it just proves that whole point that a lot of the time it is down to genetics and it is understanding yeah. exactly what your body is capable of. I think VO2 max as well, I was reading the other day, I think there's like 90, they've roughly estimated there's about 95 genetic components that go into VO2 max, which is yeah. pretty nuts. So like you could have a genetic disposition to VO2 max. I mean, I think where we really see what genetics actually play a part is in the top echelon of athletes of where that difference actually is. I think yeah. in day-to-day -day life, you don't really notice it in the common population. It becomes when it's like, there's just some athletes who are just just better so, than everyone else. Like, yeah, they just I'm, are, gonna like... Use, I'm probably going to use this person's name a lot as we talk. And that's Elliot Kachovi, who's obviously put in a two-hour marathon. Oh, um, like... Greatest marathon runner of all time, just undoubtedly. However, Nuts. it's so genetic. The guy's yeah. body doesn't produce lactate until it gets to a certain threshold that yeah, a yeah, normal yeah. person doesn't, doesn't even yeah, comprehend. Yeah. Like our, our bodies simply do not work and do not process in the same way. And then that, that's the case with all of these elite guys, like guys that are putting in like half marathon in 57 minutes. Now, I know people that getting a one hour 10K would be. A, a struggle for them and that's not an issue that's not a problem like fair play like you're doing a 10k I, I respect you for that but trying to understand like how physically capable somebody is to do 21.5k in okay. 57 minutes yeah it's just that's obscene bonkers that's bonkers and yeah. then to be putting out those kind of times over a marathon distance yeah 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 it does not make sense um yeah it doesn't compute it, it goes down to genetics. There's, there's no really doubt about it. These people are just simply yeah. built different. I and I think obviously make, again. Sorry, to make a, like a climbing reference for this, Alex Honnold, who did yeah, the freestyle, yeah. right? His like amygdala doesn't work the same way as everyone else's. Like he just doesn't feel fear like everyone else does. I don't yeah, know if that's absolutely. partly nature, but I think there's uh, partly nurture, sorry, but I don't think there must be a a nature that component in like in so the hardwiring of his brain to like make it that way. Absolutely. I've seen studies, and I think I might have mentioned this to you before, where they've taken extreme sports athletes and they put them in extreme situations and they put heart rate monitors on them to see what happens. And they're still producing a lower heart rate than most people have sat on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Right. Their bodies just work differently. They process fear in a different way um, yeah, right. and so on. And again, there's, there's so many interesting things there to look at. Um, and I think even going back to the fighting is that there, there's, there was always people like always said to me, it's like, are, are you nervous? Like, like, are you not terrified? And it's like, no, I, I, I don't see it like that for me going out there and 
competing in MMA or Muay Thai, whatever it might have been, it was always kind of like, I kind of equated it to like a footballer trying to score a goal. I was just going out there to to win my specific sport. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, there was never fear in I might get hurt, I might get hit in the face. People, or any that's of what this people stuff. see though, yeah. But once you've done it yeah. enough, like you've done it, it becomes a point where you've done it you so many times. And that's not the, yeah. It's competition yeah, at the end of the bizarre. day. Yeah. Like I, yeah. like people was like, oh, do you hate those people? It's like, no, we just want to, like you <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. Like, people embrace after yeah. their fight. They congratulate each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I appreciate the UFC level. There is a lot of bravado beforehand. They have to hype things. Yes, yeah, marketing. But, and I'm sure a few people actually hate each other as well. But, uh, but like generally, most people like each other. We're normal guys. Um, yeah, right. It's just the sport we've chosen, and it's just the sport we want to go out and do well in. Yeah, um, yeah. I was always more nervous cornering somebody because I'm not in physical control of what that person. Can yeah, do in the yeah, cage. yeah, yeah. Whereas when I'm in the cage or I was in the ring, I had control over what was happening. I was in control of the situation. And I guarantee that my heart would have been lower during an MMA competition than it would cornering somebody else because yeah, it's out of my right. control. So going back to like Alex Horn, um, sorry, is it Horn? Alex Alan? Honnold. 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 Yeah, sorry. Honnold. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Alex Horn's Taskmaster. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> different, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alex Honnold on task. Yes, kudos in his climbing ability. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think um, it goes back to this: it's like he's in control of that situation. Yeah, every right. mistake is on him. Same with these extreme sports guys; it's like they're in control of what's happening and they're reacting to things in a certain way and they're doing things a certain way. But it's all being produced by them. Nobody else is. Um, kind of factoring into that and I think that's a lot of where this kind of plays into it is is that self-control and that self-belief and just again yeah. understanding what your body is physical of I'm physically yeah. capable of sorry yeah yeah um yeah yeah absolutely tangent there but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah no well I mean we didn't have a we didn't have an original no. topic to tangent off but this is like I the weirdest flow chart yeah, I think there's definitely some things that it will start talking about. We'll start diving into. Yeah, sort of I mean, I don't know if you want to. Maybe we should. I don't know if you've got the list up, but we did make a massive list of topics we will go into in the future. I don't know I if you want to so. rattle some of those off. Just so stuff to so. like. Thing just yeah. where did I put them? It's in a spreadsheet, wasn't it? It's in a spreadsheet, wasn't it? Yeah, spreadsheet. Yeah. I mean, it was the stuff like, um, but I think, yeah, going definitely going to the top echelon of athletes, I think there's only, there's only like so many different like training modalities you can implement. There's some, yeah. at some point, there's only so much you can do, I think, as like, uh, like a physical adaptation level to the point where like there's all the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world, right? They get paid a fortune to do their job, like the Olympic coaches and all this kind of thing. They've all had more or less had the same teaching at some point i think i mean you could make a case that like obviously the russians during the 20th century they were way ahead of everyone else for a long time because they basically invented periodization right yeah but then everyone obviously started adopting that but i think there is only so much you can do at like a physical adaptation level that there, there comes yep. a point where it's it's one a mental game like how can the how can the person handle pressure how can and all these kind of other factors that yeah. go into it like you know like there's a point where and then there's also the genetic component as well where like some people yeah. like like john jones and mma he's just better than everyone else like, i'm sure he's not yeah, necessarily doing no something life. in his training that's just like 
way different from everyone else. Yeah, there's no magic bullet there. No, he just there's is. no. He just it, is like he yeah. just is better than everyone else. Like, so no, it's I just one of those things. I am. Um, I, I completely agree with that. It's like I could go out today and I could emulate any number of people's training. Let's say I went out there and I started emulating Kachogi's training. In the summer, I'm not running a two-hour marathon. That, no. That's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, do it, it, yeah. It does not. It does not work like that. Um, at seventy kilos or seventy kilos, where I am at the moment, I could go and take, I know, some Russian weightlifters training program, um, apply the percentages against myself, and I guarantee you, I still do not make an elite powerlifter. Yeah, like, it, right. it, it simply doesn't work like that. Um, and I think it goes back to the whole thing about just understanding you, understanding what works for you. We all respond to different things in different ways. Um, I naturally have a low heart rate. Um, however, um, especially my resting heart rate, it gets very low. But no matter how much um, aerobic work I do, no matter how much um, base work I do, my heart rate is only ever going to get down to a certain point. It's never going to, so it's never every training block I do just going to get lower and lower and lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, predisposed to work at a certain weight and this is even something that even when i'm at my not at my fittest is still something that i'm just predisposed to have so probably going back about seven or eight years ago i broke my foot and i had to have surgery on it um i wasn't at my fittest at that point but i almost couldn't have surgery because my heart rate is just naturally lower and there was a concern about obviously having a low heart rate and going out and around aesthetic, for example. Luckily, it was all okay. But right. um, it, it's just something that genetically I'm predisposed to have. It comes from my mum. My mum has the same thing. Um, she's got a naturally low heart rate. She gets up too quick. She wobbles everywhere and so on. But you have these other things that come with it. And that, again, is a factor into why I'm getting better. I'm better at running than I am at other sports or especially long distance running. Um, I can go out and I can run, uh, I can give you a great example of this, actually. Um, I took Robin out for a 32.5k run at the weekend. I saw you guys, Robin. by the way. Oh, I you? drove past. Yeah, yeah I drove past wow. you guys. Yeah. I was trying to hold my home, but it wasn't working for some reason. Was, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> anymore, but I was trying to hold my Towards home. the end, yeah, Robin was starting to swear at me a lot. But uh, yeah. I think I on Saturday. Um, but we should have her on the podcast like, at some point. Yeah, so much. She's so yeah, she's so intelligent. Her average heart rate towards the end of that, and I would class Robin as a very good runner, certainly better okay. than the average runner. Um, and she's looking to go in at I think about a three and a half hour marathon, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, her average heart rate was it heart rate was in the one sixties. My average heart rate at the end of that run was one hundred seventeen. It was just yeah, right. it's just naturally lower. And that's just how it goes. And that means that when it comes to events like an ultra, for example, it's just a better suited event for me because I can keep my heart rate low throughout the entire event and run at a decent pace. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, like I say, and then going back to the Hokichogi thing where his body produces lactate at a much higher threshold than the average person, that means that he can actually start running at a high intensity of like 150, 160, 170 beats per minute and still not be being able to produce lactate. For myself, where I've got that low heart rate, it does have its disadvantages when I start to get to those kind of thresholds because I'm producing lactate at a lot lower threshold. I'm producing it when I'm getting to like 
150, 160. Yeah, which is a, like Robin, for example, runner had 32 and a half K at 160 average heartbeat, but she obviously wasn't our max because she continued to run it. So it, the genetics there plays a huge, huge part in the type of sport you can do, the type of sport you're going to excel in. Um, and so on. So yeah, there, there's again, yeah, there is, of course, a, a definitely, obviously, like obviously nature does play a part, but there is also definitely a nurture aspect for sure. Like there is yeah, stuff no, that you no. do during your childhood that makes a difference. I think a really good case of this is like Lomachenko, right? Like how his dad yeah, yeah. pulled him out of um, boxing and stuck him in four years of dance. And then you yeah. look at him down the line, his boxing and his footwork is like unbelievable. Yeah, so I think absolutely. there is there is certain things you can do. I think childhood plays a massive part. There's what so did you do skills. during your the main part of your development as a yeah. as a person to like the what you're going to be disposed to like. I absolutely agree with that, and I think something like that, using dancing as an example, it's taking because that obviously does have an impact on your body physically, and it is good and so on. However, you're learning a skill. And then you've yeah, got that mental right. capacity to be able to apply that skill to another sport, which essentially yeah. a lot of sports at, at their essence are skills. Like yeah, boxing, yeah. It, it's skill, obviously, with, with other aspects attached to it. And and I think that's a really, really key thing is not just be, and again, going back to the whole thing we talked about right at the beginning about a very functional fitness and sort of training for everyday life it is being able to take what works here and applying it over here and, yeah, and so yeah. on and so on. And like that is a great example of that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. I have found that spreadsheet. Wicked. <laughs> I cannot cannot remember for the life of me what's on it, but we'll see. No, so I think I, I think... to be fair, I think I put some stupid shit on it. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know if I put some dumb well, shit on there. But I think we could probably blast out about four or five episodes on who the MMA goat is. There's, <laughs> there's no yeah, we'll doubt. Make, we'll make a series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we both have yeah. our own opinion, don't we? We absolutely do. And I think that's probably a generational thing as well. Um, so because obviously, yeah, maybe, maybe. like for me, the to me, the sort of golden era of MMA was your Matt Hughes, your Carlos Newton, your uh, George St. Pierre, who, in my opinion, he probably is the GOAT. Um, it's nothing else on personality. Um, seems like a good okay. guy. Jones is a little bit iffy in place. Yeah, he's, yeah, a couple of DUIs in his record. <laughs> um, however, um, I, I'm sure there's some good conversations to be had around that. But yeah, generally looking at this, I mean, we definitely kind of want to dive into some uh, deeper into our own training histories, our own training philosophies, that kind of thing. Something you've got on here, Nutribolics. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good one. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's tons of stuff around there, um, kind of that we can look at. Kind of everything, like you've got, you've got BMI, low carb, hot, um, low fat. Low fat is the one that annoys me more than anything. I just that that word is such a negative word, yet it is actually such a positive word. It's like, yeah, yeah I hate the word yeah. diet. Period. I can't. Yeah, yeah. That word in itself has so much applied to. It. I can't stand that. I hate using. Yeah. The word diet and the word fat, they have so many negative connotations to them yes. unnecessarily. Um, yeah. Carbs and again, I think a lot of that just goes back to education. Right. Yeah. Sorry? So carbs even have a bad rep a lot of the time. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You honestly think I'm running like the best part of 100K a week on a low-carb diet. Low-carb diet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally what your brain uses for 
fuel is glued. Yeah, absolutely. Think of the low carb diet, you are nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. Something we've sort of touched on today, newbies. So where to start, yeah. training frequency, strength, cardio, setting goes, etc. Yeah. Flip side of that, something I know you've been getting involved in a little bit more, looking at elderly clients. Yeah, um, that's something that I think I'm going to, in my PT specialization, I think is going to be, I just generally oh, excellent i've done a lot of research into that recently and it's half the clientele that we have in the gym anyway yeah. um and I just, I just find it really interesting and i think it's it's yeah. a rewarding aspect of the job because it's not like they're training to do an event they're training just for, to improve their quality of life or still be able to yeah. run around with their grandkids or get up the stairs on their own you know what i'm saying to me is yeah the key reason for training yeah yeah to make quality your life, life easier yeah yeah. absolutely so i think there's some really interesting stuff then yeah definitely. going back to myself i'm old, i'm i'm older than you and yeah. i've been training for a long time and my training now is completely like i said at the very beginning is very different so it was 20 years ago what are you 22 23 yeah i was only two or three years old when i first started training, <laughs> like training yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm a savage yeah. But, uh, yeah but i now have to like factor in recovery a lot more than i did i had to i have to factor in um my rest and my sleep a lot more than i used to and and so on and so on so there, there's a lot of things there and i can see how as time goes on i'm gonna have to change that more um well so we've kind of put on it having a little look at some of the kind of fitness stuff that's out there in the real world so one of the things we thought of was like a physical 100 program just started i, th- I think that's quite interesting I did finish. Yeah. Did you finish watching? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think we should have a nice, a good chat about it. I think we're past the point now of spoilers as well. So, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's, it's not, not like Game of Thrones or anything. I don't think anyone's like, no, no, no. Being like, shit, don't spoil physical 100 for me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? So it'll be fun. Yeah. We could quite easily say who won. And I'm pretty sure that most people would be like, well, who was that? Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Really. yeah. But I think there's something to dive into it because there's some real key things that I brought out of that that I took from that as well. Yeah, and... really interesting. It's a good experiment. I really hope they do an English one. I think, that would yeah, be I would amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that'd be fantastic to see. Um, and I think we can like dive into a few other things. There's enough of these kind of types of things out there that we could probably have a look into them and dissect them a little bit. Um, say what we might have done or not done in those situations and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else have we got here? Exercise versus training. This is a key one for me. Um, right. right now, I'm training for something. I'm very focused on what I want to do. I've, I've got to hit certain goals as I go along. Um, and I'd really like to kind of look at that process about what happens the week after my marathon. Yeah, when I just go back into exercise, when I'm exercising now for the joy of it, as opposed yeah, to yeah, 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 the goal of it, um, and that kind of thing, and also just kind of starting to understand how I stay engaged in that exercise. So a really big thing, and so many people do this: they go out there, they crush their half marathon. Um, I'll use you as an example. You go there, you smash your marathon, and then you don't run again. For yeah, I don't run again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, I won't go back and do a five k, and I'm like, fuck. Like I was just like, yeah. oh, I, I went back after I, yeah I, three months. I was just, oh my god. I no. first time I did an ultra, I passed the finish line, um, and I instantly went, I'm never doing that again. Within about three days, I was already looking at my next ultra. 
Yeah. Right. Um, so it, there's definitely a mindset to these things. But yeah, just understanding that's that another one is, exercise, yeah. training, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's so much going on there. Um, talk about why sumo deadlifting shouldn't be a thing. That would be a great one. I could spend an hour talking about that. Why CrossFit pull-ups need to be fucking thrown in the bin. That's another one. Any like fad exercises that we hate? Yeah, no, we're not a fan of kipping here. Any fad exercises we just want to get rid of? Again, I mean, I don't want to rag on CrossFit too much. Um, and I've done yeah, a lot no, of CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, yeah, I have a huge problem with kipping. I have a huge problem with kipping pull-ups, kipping muscle-ups. Um, yeah. I understand maybe if you're going to use the kip to For get muscle-up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, and I think there's some great things that come from CrossFit, and I think there's some oh, I mean, left to, to, to great talk things. About, yeah, there. talk about athletes in CrossFit. I mean, they are like athletes yeah. of all athletes. I mean, the the, the multidiscipline aspect is so fascinating. Like having to be a jack of all trades at CrossFit is is yeah, it's amazing. Like I what that's a trait, like a type of training that's just so yeah, so unique that you don't have you can't yeah. focus on one discipline otherwise. You and I let think down now. Without again, without going off on the CrossFit tangent too much, is yeah. the new breed of athletes that are coming through are actually CrossFit athletes. As yeah, right. To the Rich Froning, um, Matt Fraser was more Matt, Matt Fraser. Fraser. He was he, he was, was an Olympic, Olympic, Olympic. Yeah, he was Olympic lifter. He was a high level yeah. Olympic lifter. Yeah. Um. So the, that's it. So these guys are coming from other disciplines, whereas now, and especially on the female side they're definitely seeing a lot more pure CrossFit athletes and they're really excelling because that's all they've yeah, ever done. Yeah, right. Um, so it, it's quite interesting to see that. And I think there's absolutely something to go off down there. However, I know from spending time in a lot of CrossFit gyms and I've got a friend who actually owns a CrossFit box that even within the CrossFit community, they know what does and doesn't work. They, they, work to their own program quite often and the high level athletes are throwing certain things out to work on certain other core things um and that kind of thing so there's the crossfit that a lot of people associate with crossfit and then there's what the actual high level athletes are doing just don't for one minute think that i don't know somebody's going out there and they're doing this absolutely massive snatch in like the weightlifting event that they're just learning to snatch like that just from going to a crossfit box three times a week that they're absolutely not yeah so that there's there's a lot of other facets to it and they're training like full-time athletes in each individual discipline and we'll go back to mma when i was training full-time in mma i was training high Mm -hmm. i was training jujitsu i was training wrestling Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then i would do mma sparring but I was training the individual components. Those just, guys aren't yeah, right. absolutely yeah, going off yeah, doing yeah. that. And that's not what my mum would be doing if she went and joined the CrossFit box. She yeah, would just be right. the CrossFit classes yeah, so on. Right. So there's, there's definitely another angle to that that's worth talking about. Um, what else have we got on there? But yeah, I agree with no kipping. No kipping. <laughs> no kipping. Um, going off what I said just now about the exercise versus training thing, dealing with boredom and burnout. Um, mm. consistency is absolutely yeah. key, but even I get bored, mate. That's it. Um, we all have our highs and our lows, and how do we deal with that? How how have yeah. I stayed consistent for twenty years apart from when I've been injured? Um, and that kind of thing. Um, dealing with injury, dealing with failure. There's so many cool things in here. 
something you kind of mentioned earlier, just when you sort of said about the running, and that's balancing training with life. I think there's this. Yeah, that's a good... how many times do we hear that? It's yeah, uh, but, you know, you it's when time. people. I hate it when people say like everyone's got the same twenty four hours. It's like no, we don't. No, we fucking Absolutely don't. don't. Me and you do not have the same twenty four hours. Like nope, you like you have a like a wife and children. I fucking don't, right? So yeah, like, uh, I, 24 like twenty four hours, hours are not the same. Like nope. So it, it's no, I'm currently training for a marathon. I have two children and I have a wife. And yeah, right. In life with that. And a job so, and all that shit. So it's like, well, exactly. how, yeah, how is that going to work? Yeah, it makes no work. sense. The first question I say to anybody when this kind of comes up is how much time do you watch TV in a day? But yeah, every single yeah. time. And if it's anything over 30 minutes, I'm like, well, then you've got time to work out some capacity. Yeah, right. There is a prioritization okay. aspect for sure. No, you are right. Yeah, and but I think still, that's an absolutely yeah. huge thing. Um, now I do that with recovery. People ask me that exact thing, like, what, how do you fit your recovery, your mobility working, et cetera, et cetera. I, same as everyone, I love watching Netflix box sets. I, I love sitting down and watching a box set or a film. And I tend to also binge watch them. So I will like just smash out a season of something in as short a time period as I possibly can. But whilst I'm doing that, instead of sitting on the sofa eating crisps, I'm usually on the floor stretching or foam rolling or getting a lacrosse ball into my joints and things like that it's it's figuring out how i can multitask these things yeah yeah and, yeah. and using just using my time a little bit better um so time this, management is yeah it's a big aspect there's absolutely these there's absolutely ways that it can all be done um so yeah again huge tangent that we can kind of go off down there yeah. um, i would i definitely like to do a whole episode on just general like muscle growth and hypertrophy for sure because that's obviously like half the industry is that and i've spent a lot of time reading into that it's something i mean it's just like it's one of those things yeah i mean there's half the people that come to the gym just want to get bigger and swell right like that's there's nothing wrong with that at all there's nothing wrong with that at all um so i definitely would like to dive into because there's a lot of principles i think people would definitely benefit from and i think there's a lot of misconceptions around that because it is like probably the biggest part of the industry you could argue of course there's a lot of yeah. shit and so i think d- digging through some of that would be really good for some i think as well that goes right back to what we sort of said right at the very beginning there where like you say most people want to go to the gym they want to get absolutely swole they want to look yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And it goes yeah. right back to that initial marketing misconception of it looks like this be attracted to the opposite sex because you look like this yeah yeah right right um yeah. so i think i think there's tons of stuff in there and especially I know, obviously, we we both work out in the same gym. Um, yeah. The the client, a lot of the kind of clients there are obviously, like you say, higher age range, or there's a lot of people at the moment that are those late teens moving into the early twenties, very yeah. influenced by info- Instagram and social media and that kind of thing, and they're all trying to look and be a certain way. Um, something else that I'd like to dive into, and this probably is going to be something that you might or might not be interested in, is just bullshit fitness advice bullshit pcs just that uh, i had to last yeah. train in a different gym to usual and right next to me was a um it was a saturday afternoon and it was a guy who was selling himself as being a pt and first of all okay i do appreciate that i've already said that looking and being fit two different things however 
probably if you're a PT, maybe need to market yourself slightly around what you're selling. If I'm being polite. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was the advice that he was giving this person, telling them they had really good form when it's like, well, your back is just rounded and you're asking for an injury. Um, one of the exercises, he said, right, we're going to get you to do Pendle Rose now. And the girl actually replied and went, oh, what, what's a Pendle Rose? Um, and he went, oh, oh, I don't, I don't know. I just always called them that. And she then carried on to continue to do like a normal bent over roll. And he was like, brilliant, we'll keep those up. And he kept referring to them as Pendle Rose. And it's just kind of like the advice you're giving is you don't understand what you're teaching at this point. Yeah, right. That's it's funny. So ironic because that exercise is literally named after what you're doing. Like it's a bent over roll, right? It's literally what you're doing. It's not it's not called a skull crush or anything. It's literally a bent over roll. Exactly. And it was when the girl went, So why is it called a pendle row? And he just went, I don't know. That's why I've always called it that. And in my head, I almost just wanted to go. First of all, you're not doing a Pendle row. Secondly, it's named the Pendle row because a powerlifter called Glenn Pendle changed the variation, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just kind of like, just that, just, I don't know, there's a lot of charlatans in the fitness industry, whether it's PTs, whether it's Instagram, whether it's whatever it might be. It's also fine to not know something. If you don't know something, don't make up some shit. There's so much shit that I don't know, but I will happily, if someone asks me a question, I don't know the answer. I'm not going to give them a false answer. I will be like, okay, I don't, I'm not sure. Let me find out for you. And then if anything, I then go and research and then I find more out for myself anyway. So it's like, it's, part of that learning curve just one of the biggest like, ones i see is rdl and sldl people always call them different uh, things and that kind of annoys yeah. me rdl and sldl are two completely different things an rdl yeah. is, for your, is a glute lengthening exercise with a little bit of hamstring and the sldl is for your hamstring it's one of those things you yeah. always see people calling like yeah that always infuriates me yeah but, they just cross them over yeah no cross and i over. think there's just things there's there's just so many things down there where there's just a basic education but exactly what you've just said there me and you don't know everything we are on no, of course not hence the name of the podcast I want to learn as much as possible from this experience as yeah, yeah. you do and I want to continue my growth I, I've already said that I know yeah, yeah, yeah. Times I'm going to be training probably by the end of this year I'll be training differently to how I started the year uh, yeah. well I know I will because I started the year training for a marathon um, I started last year training for a high rocks. So my training last year was very different to this year. Um, so it, there, there is just going to be that continual evolution, that continual change, but I'm the same as you. If I don't know something, I don't know it. I just put my hand up. Yeah, it's fine. I have yeah, learned like, okay, yeah. You've got to humble energy. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or I go off and find out for myself. Find out. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that. Out there. And, and to be fair, I did wonder Sunday morning how that girl's back felt because it was literally... There's the thing that I think there is too much of, I mean, this is a whole, you could talk about it more episodes. I think there is a bit too much of an emphasis on. Oh, we'll cut this back. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure no problem. Hi, sir. Michelle, did Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you very much. I need to sign for us, please. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, mate. I think we should leave that in. That's hilarious. Um, okay. Okay. It's my birthday Monday, so I'm guessing it's some. Oh, is it? Oh, it's it's my mom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know.
there you go. Um, I would say okay. what I was going to say was we should we could do a whole episode on technique to be fair in certain X because I think yeah. there is a little bit too much of an emphasis to be honest on the whole neutral spine philosophy. Um, I don't think it's too much of an issue as people make it out to be because uh, everyone lifts a little bit differently. Um, certain yeah. things like knee valgus when squatting isn't as bad as people think it is. It's there's certain certain rounding when deadlift isn't as a problem people think. The biggest problem yep. in terms of injury is one load management is the biggest one. Hundred percent managing load and adjusting gradually, not jumping up in like ten kilo increments every time, and also making sure you're lifting in like a controlled manner. Those are the two biggest things that are going to make sure you don't get injured. I Controlling the weights and and load management. Yep. The weight management is a huge one. The amount of times I've just seen people rack on a whole load of weight. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up with those, exactly the two things that we've said there um, and causing these problems with themselves. Now, let's say my training this afternoon, I want to go out and I want to do 150 kilo deadlift. I'm probably going to start at 50 kilos. Yeah, right. I'm going to work my way up to that. I'm not just going to stick 150k on the bar and start lifting no um because like i actually really like having a body that works yeah it, right but then you need you need to warm your nervous system up to it as well yeah. like you can't your body you'll know if your pr is 100 kilos doesn't mean you can then go in and lift 100 kilos immediately yeah. that's not how it works no, no, yeah no. so we can and you can relate that to so many things like fighters yeah they can't wait most 70k lightweight fighters don't don't weigh 70 kilos day to day they're that no yeah moment for the fight, yeah if yeah. your deadlift is 100 kilos it's 100 kilos that moment that you lifted it is not 100 kilos every single time um, yeah yeah I, I said this in our lost tapes <laughs> thor bjornsson yeah we know that the deadlift um record sits with him he lifted it once and there's a very good chance he will never lift that ever again but you yeah, will yeah, always yeah. be known for lifting that deadlift every time he walks into the gym he doesn't pick up a bar and rack out that weight no um my 5k pr is my 5k pr it's not the time that i go out and run it every single time i run a 5k um and if i was going to go out and run a 5k and try and pr it i would probably do about 30 to 45 minutes of running beforehand to get my body ready for it like again education and misunderstanding it's there's a lot there to probably unpick and dive into i think Yeah, I mean, I think that about I think we covered a lot in this one. So yeah, I think we probably talked a lot. I think what we'll start doing then is just picking the topic and diving in. Just diving in from now on, yeah, pretty much, and then obviously yeah. inevitably tangenting at some point. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. We'll try and keep on track as we can. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with it. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, cool. We'll no doubt see you at the gym today. I'll be in, I mean, I've got a train before I start, so I will be in from about, well, yeah, probably the next 45 minutes to an hour. So. Yeah, I'll be in there about 12-ish, half 12, something like that. Right. I've got to figure out how to stop this thing. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. It's fine. I've got it. I've got it. my desktop for the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, cool. Right, I'll see you in a bit. Speak to you in a bit, buddy.